Chapter Eight of A Woman of Yesterday. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Woman of Yesterday by Carolyn Atwater Mason. Chapter Eight. She was a queen of noble nature's crowning. A smile of hers was like an act of grace she had no winsome looks no pretty frowning like daily beauties of the vulgar race but if she smiled a light was on her face a clear cool kindliness a lunar beam of peaceful radiance hartley coleridge to the surprise of both the friends anna who had gone about her rigorous tasks unseen and unnoted hitherto began about this time to come into a certain comparative prominence in the quiet little city a day or two after the evening described in the last chapter anna received a note from mrs ingram the wife of a distinguished citizen of the town a man of great wealth and a well-known senator the ingrams were perhaps the most highly placed family in the little town by right of distinguished antecedents of wealth and of habit of life they belonged to that singularly privileged class which anna mallison had not hitherto encountered who have both will and power to appropriate the most select of all things which minister to the individual development whether things material things intellectual or things spiritual thus mrs ingram and her daughters were women of fashion prominent figures at the state functions of their own state and well known in the inner circles of washington society they dressed superlatively well in clothes that came from paris at the same time they were as much at home among literary as among fashionable folk and mrs ingram at least was understood to be devotedly religious with an especial penchant for foreign missions in fine all things were theirs thus it was an event for anna mallison in her dull low-ceiled upper room to open and read the note of mrs senator ingram to herself a note written in graceful flowing hand on sumptuous ivory-like paper squarely folded with a crest on the seal and the faintest suggestion of violets escaping almost before perceived the note was delicately courteous a marvel of gracious tact mrs ingram had heard through a friend that miss mallison was under appointment as a missionary to india and had sincerely wished to meet her on friday evening a dear christian worker from boston now her guest was to hold a little parlor meeting at the house for the help and encouragement of friends who were interested in a higher christian life would not miss mallison give them all the pleasure of making one of that number mrs ingram would esteem it a personal favor and if miss mallison felt that she could tell the little company something of the experience she had had in being led into this beautiful life work it would be most acceptable however this was by no means urged but merely suggested and left entirely to miss mallison's preference 
the man who had brought the note waited on the narrow walk below for anna's answer he wore a sober but handsome livery this was the first invitation of the kind which anna had received but she had now somewhat accustomed herself by the advice of the board to speaking in women's missionary meetings and it seemed to her right to say yes accordingly on untinted note-paper of a very common grade she said yes in a natural and simple way and made haste to give the note to the man at the door below whom she felt distressed to keep waiting this man removed his shining hat in respectful acknowledgment as he took the note and told anna that mrs ingram had asked him to say having forgotten to mention it in her note that in case miss mallison would be so kind as to come mrs ingram would send the carriage for her at half-past seven on friday evening anna felt that she ought to deprecate so much attention and timidly attempted to do so but the man plainly was not further empowered to treat in the matter and bowing respectfully departed with anna's pallid long and narrow envelope in his well-gloved hand when mally came in anna handed her mrs ingram's note mally's face flushed noticeably as she read it it was not easy for her to have her quiet friend thus preferred you'll go of course she commented rather coldly as she handed it back yes i should think you would by all means who wouldn't i've heard lots about mrs ingram she believes in a very high religious life you know and those rich higher life people live high i can tell you there'll be a supper depend on that and it will be a fine one oh i don't think there will be anything of that kind interposed anna hastily you see cried mally with an air of superior wisdom and wide social experience oh my if i should tell you all i've heard about those ingrams you'd be surprised one night they have a prayer meeting and the next night a dance it's all right i suppose kind of new that's all on the following evening when the luxurious ingram carriage was driven up before mrs wilson's poor little house many eyes peered narrowly from neighbors windows to catch the unwanted sight and anna slipping hastily out of the wilson door felt an access of humility in this exaltation of herself for such she knew it seemed to her neighbors transient though it was she had suffered a guilty and apologetic consciousness all day toward mally who had treated her with a slight coolness and indifference which afflicted anna keenly when anna entered the hall of the ingram house a small stout woman in a brown dress and smooth hair came out to greet her and took her hand between both her own which were white and soft and heavily weighted with diamonds anna found the diamonds confusing but she knew the hands were kind mrs ingram's manner of sincere kindliness and dignity put anna wholly at her ease and she looked about her presently at the subdued luxury and elegance of her surroundings with a frank childlike pleasure her absolute unconsciousness of herself saved anna from the awkwardness which her usual height her angular thinness and her unaccustomedness to social contact might otherwise have produced 
she wore her other dress which was of plain black poplin but quite new and not ungraceful in its straight untortured lines and as she entered the great drawing-room with its splendors of costly art and met the eyes of many people who were watching her entrance the quiet gravity and simplicity of her bearing were hardly less than grace two women dressed with elegance and apparently not deeply touched with religiousness commented apart a little later having met and spoken in turn with the lady from boston and the young missionary elect what do you think of mrs ingram's new saints asked one whose black dress was heavily studded with jet ornaments i like the young missionary better than the bostonian myself was the reply the speaker had red hair and an exquisite figure isn't she curious though she continued manners you know but absolutely no manner i never encountered a woman before even at her age who positively had none that is what ails her isn't it returned her beaded friend you've just hit it and you can see that tremendously developed missionary conscience of hers in every line of her face and figure don't you know you can figure my dear she has none i never saw such an utter absence of the superfluous here they both laughed clandestinely behind their laced handkerchiefs do you know how i should describe that girl challenged the titian beauty recovering cleverly without doubt i should call her a scaffolding over a conscience that is really very good evelyn you can see that she is not even consciously a woman yet she knows nothing of life or of herself or of this goodly frame the earth save what that new england conscience of hers has interpreted to her her horizon is as narrow as her chest poor thing how will she bear life i wonder and the words died into a whisper for at that moment the little talking moving groups of men and women were called to take the chairs which had been arranged in comfortable order and give attention to what was to follow End of chapter eight